Season 2, Episode 7. It's the hero's journey of comics. Is this the adventure you've planned for me? Braving the winding road of geekdom. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin. Sharing our advice. We believe that his example could inspire. People need dramatic examples to shake them out of apathy. And exposing our mistakes. This is all going to end badly. Everybody has an agenda. Welcome to the Show Me Comicast. Welcome back to the Show Me Comicast. I'm Tim Pickerel, digital media producer for Show Me Comics. I'm Jordan Taylor, and I'm going to need a lot more time and less criticism to think about what I do. For now, I'll just spit out write, uh, write blogs, I guess, uh, for showmecomics.com, and sometimes scripts that get turned into graphic novels called Hafu. And I'm Sam Richardson, the artist, illustrator, graphic designer, and I would like to give a shout-out to Sarissa Stormborn and the people at NerdLocker.com. They uh, just posted a review of our book, Hafu, and they're going to have us on their podcast next week. So make sure you go to NerdLocker.com and check them out. Extremely well written. Moving into this episode today, what we're going to talk about is something that probably is on a lot of people's minds they just don't know it because they a lot of people ask especially if they meet their idol i mean sam have you ever met your idol um yeah and a couple different things actually in comics and wrestling i remember one time i met my idol pw herman and it was like oh man no i'm just kidding (laughs) but a lot of people like movies too (laughs) when they (laughs) you like trench coats i'm a huge trench coat fan (laughs) you're my idol i know you are but what am i (laughs) (laughs) why don't you marry me (laughs) so uh but when a lot of people either meet their idols or they just think about it is uh where do you get your ideas from where do you get them crazy ideas from? Have you guys ever heard people say that before? Oh, yeah. All the time. <laughs> and it's funny because in writers and artists and creative types, one of the ones they hate the most to get the question to is, where do you get your ideas from? Right. Because they're like, I have ideas all the time. Why do you not have ideas all the time? <laughs> um, but what we want to talk about is, on that kind of note, the actual skill of brainstorming and i started to think about those people that wonder where you get your ideas from and then i did like you know a vhs rewind with some you know oreo cookie style static at the top and the bottom and i saw myself going all the way back to elementary school and i remember sam and i were both in this program called center for academically talented students or cats for short and it was like this one, it started out as a one hour a day or a couple hours a week where they would pull you out of your normal, regular grade school class and they would teach you other stuff because they saw potential in you. And I remember in a very early age, one of the lessons was, hey, kids, little, little kids, we're going to teach you about this concept called brainstorming. Eh? 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 What is brainstorming? That sounds fun. Is there lightning involved? Shut up. <laughs> Man, what a horrible teacher. <laughs> no, no, actually, they were great teachers. This is legit. 
It's a skill people use in the business world, but guess what? I'm bringing a check of reality to you in elementary school. This is going to change your life because I'm teaching you how to think, brother. And then they taught us about brainstorming. Sam, do you remember that? Yeah, they taught us about uh, brainstorming and uh, logic development and just solving problems in different ways. But, I mean, that's pretty crazy to think that while we were learning that, learning how to think... All of our peers were not learning how to think. They I didn't were learning learn how to think. Yeah, they were learning what to think right. while we were learning how to think. And, I mean, if you kind of bring that back to people are like the general populace, where do you get your ideas from? Maybe they haven't learned how to think. And I'm not saying that to be condescending, but I'm saying that is in when's the last time you really gave consideration to your creative process? So I want to talk about the subject of brainstorming for those people that never learned about it. You guys with me on this voyage? Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. I don't even know if I brainstormed correctly, so this, will right, be, well, this might be informative. A brainstorming, well, that's a good thing. Brainstorming's pretty easy, so let's define it. What brainstorming came from, and I think mostly it came from kind of like the corporate world where you have a boardroom, you know, and it's like, Oh, man, we spilled 10,000 gallons of oil into the ocean. we got to think of a way out of this. Come on, brain trust. Do something. Get my bacon out of the the fire here. And so, like, all right, all right. Don't worry. We don't want you to have to go on, you know, CNN and tell them how you're such a big screw-up. Let's think of a way to get you out of this. And they start brainstorming. What that means is, in the corporate world, they said... No matter what your idea is, too ludicrous, too uh, conservative, or whatever, just throw your idea out there. Doesn't matter. And what hinges on that is there's no judgment of your ideas. So if Sam said, I think we should do a podcast about how to, you know, paint somebody's body in butter, and I'm like, that's, that's dumb, man. That's not comics. That's <laughs> some kind of weird fringe stuff. If we're brainstorming, I would not say that's dumb man, that's not comics, that's some kind of weird fringe stuff. I would just say, all right, write that on the board, paint a body and butter. Let's go. Let's keep those ideas coming. That's what it means by brainstorming. It's just the storm of ideas that keeps coming. Lightning keeps striking. Doesn't matter. No discrimination. Does that kind of gel with you now, Tim? Yeah, absolutely. The definition of brainstorming. And the other thing on that is if he said, hey, let's do a comics about a guy with a blue suit and a red cape. And me and Tim are like, that's a great idea, because guess what? Back in the day, that made an iconic character. We should try to repeat that. Kept that same lightning in a bottle. You're not supposed to make those positive judgments either. Right. Oh, well. Because the reason why is, let's say, there's another person at the table that's thinking, we should make a guy in an orange suit with a brown cape. And when he hears us praising the blue suit with the red cape, he thinks... You know, and I'm not going to say that orange suit, brown cape stuff, because now that sounds dumb. Because I just heard how loud they cheered for the other idea. Okay. But if we didn't cheer, it would go something like this. Yeah, I think a blue guy with a, a red cape. Yeah, or maybe an orange guy with a brown cape. Yeah, or maybe a polka dot guy with a you know, horizontal stripe cape and a houndstooth cap. See how the ideas just keep flowing when you remove positive or negative reinforcement all right that's brainstorming what do you guys have to add to that i I think it's 
a common problem that a lot of people, instead of brainstorming, they just get this idea that it's just supposed to be one, you know, perfect idea. They keep, uh, you know, they get too married to one idea and then almost makes them impossible to throw different ideas at the wall. Right. You know what I'm saying? Where it's like, oh, it's got to be perfect. It's got to be this. It's got to be this. Or like an and, original vision. Right. Oh, I originally thought that this, so I can't adapt that idea you right know? or if they come up with that you know they spend too long trying to come up with that very first brainstorm idea that they fall in love with it and then they don't want to try alternate versions of that out or different versions of that first idea and that's why it never develops or it never progresses they just they fall in love with that first one and then don't try anything else out and then a little while down the road they realize there's a problem with that first idea but it's too late Tim, you write stories. Where, how does this concept kind of translate into the way you develop some of your ideas? So one of the things I did with the story that I'm working on now is I had a pre-outline process. In fact, my outline's still ongoing. But my pre-outline process is I opened a document in Google Drive, mm-hmm. and I just start typing my ideas out. And... As I get more ideas, I don't delete any of the ideas yeah, that I had before. Yeah, you save all that stuff. So, like, on page four or five, I'll think, you know what? That idea that I had on page two isn't going to work, and here's why. And I'll just write that out. It'll be like a revision of a previous thought I had, but I'll keep that original thought there that I had before. And that's how I pretty much brainstorm for my stories. Well, what's crazy about this is I think, uh, you know, we talked about that group boardroom setting, how, you know, we don't want the group to to silence people with ideas. You don't have to have a group. You could practice non-brainstorming by yourself because your internal editor shoots down ideas while you're trying to bring them up. But you want to tap into brainstorming, which shuts that internal editor up. I was just on the drive here thinking about... Hey, I want to have this hero, and you know, uh, I wanted to use a warhammer as a weapon. And then I thought, nah, nah. My, well, I didn't think my internal editor came up and said, nah, nah. Uh, there's already a comic book character named Thor that uses a hammer. And for a split second, I'm like, you know what? It, you're right. It's got to be something different. It can't be a warhammer, you know? Um, but then I got more into that brainstorming mode, and I'm like, wait, 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 wait. <clears throat> okay, I already had one idea. Now let's have some more brainstorming. What is a warhammer? What does that actually do? A warhammer is actually a long polearm weapon, you know, that has a hammer on one side and a hook on the other side and a spike on the top. That's way different than Thor, right? Right. But if I hadn't continued in the, okay, let's just take that original idea, the hammer, let's stick it up here. Now let's extrapolate a bit and stick more ideas out here. That's brainstorming. If I hadn't done that, I would have just said, okay, stop, scrap that, let's start over. I mean, Sam, what do you think about that when you're drawing, when you're coming up with stuff? Uh, Costume-wise, I guess that's got to be hard. Oh, it is because you want to create something that's unique and it's it's cool-looking and it's appealing to your eye and it's appealing to other people's eyes. But at the same time that it's functional and it's realistic and... You know, like I said before, you don't want to get stuck on one idea and go with it and then not think about all the problems that could happen down the road. Like, I might come up with this idea where, uh, you know, there's this character and they've got this cool looking uh, exo armor, this exoskeleton or something, and it looks really neat. And then there's a panel, you know, that you wrote 20 pages down the road where the character has to get into a position where 
you know, drawing this armor doesn't make any sense at all. Like, oh, wait, that doesn't bend that way or that yeah. doesn't look right, but it looked cool in my initial drawings. But that's what kind of gets neat into brainstorming, too, is like totally. that, that initial drawing doesn't have to get scrapped because you could add extra ideas right. that makes the armor make sense. Right. You start, Basically, you start off with something that looks really awesome, but then you continue to build off that. You go, well, what if this character were to, you know, crouch down and bend their arm up? Does that armor actually work? Is this realistic? And then you try another version of it, and then you try another version. Version. Then you try something that has nothing to do with that at all. And yeah, like maybe this armor, we didn't know it at the time, but this armor will actually, you know, let the plate slide on rails to expand to let a limb move more. Right. And then it just changes everything, which could be fun. Or you could say, no, 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 erase that later. But that's what we mean about brainstorming. You think? Yeah, totally. Well, that's, you know, I mean, you think about the word brainstorm, there's a reason it's called a storm. You know, it's not just mm-hmm. one little rain droplet that comes down. And, and it's, it's not the, cut and dry. It's chaotic. <laughs> right. You know, it's a ton of them coming in. The idea is just throw a lot of different ideas at the wall, throw out a lot of different drawings, do a lot of different renderings of that character, do something that completely is different that contrasts the one that you did before. Don't fall in love with that very first idea. It's going to be hard to to come up with something different or maybe whenever you need to alter it down the road. Now, I want to kind of keep this moving along because I think we have a a real fun exercise to do in a little bit. Okay. Um, But Professor Jordan gave this some thought, and he wants to highlight a couple extra points. Uh, The next thing I want to talk about is where ideas come from and how to brainstorm. I don't think a lot of people think about the physical aspect of your body of coming up with ideas and what i mean about that is people think about i'm gonna come up with a story idea i'm gonna sit in a chair behind a table i'm gonna get a blank piece of paper out and a pen and that's where ideas come from i know a huge central theme idea of hafu came out of me standing in somebody's front yard and flipping around a co2 powered uh pistol shaped bb gun just kind of playing with it in my hand while I was waiting for somebody in a house. Okay. So the other thing I'm brainstorming, I think people do not give enough credit to play. Right. And that I, what I mean by that is kinetic energy, your body moving around, actually doing something. Um, what do you guys think about that idea of play for generating ideas? Totally, because you got to use your imagination. You get your imagination going. It's like... Uh, but I know, think people think about imagination being brain right you right. know what i mean like you can't see me but right now i'm tapping my skull maybe you can <laughs> hear it um but people think oh imagination that resides in the brain no imagination is you your whole self yeah i think a big part of what you're going with there is that you have to get inspired it's not so much yeah. that you sit down and just your brain to pen to paper and that's the and you just magically come up with ideas is you have to be inspired for right. those most ideas of the, most of the time when you come up with an idea you're not trying to come up with an idea you might be having a conversation with somebody you might be doing something you might just be at the gym and all of a sudden your mind wanders all of a sudden I know a lot of ideas that I have were just tangents of conversations I had sitting out on my porch in front of a fire with friends. Right. It invokes an idea, but you're inspired by those actual talks. That's what actually, you know, invokes those thoughts. You know, if you go out and play like you're five years old again, 
you know, a jungle gym isn't just a jungle gym. It's not just a, yeah. a swing set, man. It's the Technodrome, and you're a Teenage <laughs> Mutant Ninja Turtle, and that stick on the ground, that's your katana blade. You know, but your brain, you, you, that act of play is what inspired that scenario. But I think people forget that adults can play. You can play. Like, I remember, uh, you know, I'll, t- I'll tell two stories, but the first one is just my, my son recently got a... Uh, like a toy gun, like a little plastic neon green and orange toy gun for Christmas, you know? Mm-hmm. And one day my wife was out uh, with the kids and it was just me in the house and I kind of picked this a little toy gun up in my hand and I was like, you know, when I was in the military, we learned how to like clear a house, you know, like go room to room. And I'm like, so I just played around. I cleared my house, <laughs> you know, of potential enemies. And sometimes Check I... the corners, rookie. Yeah, sometimes I opened a door and I pretended like I found something. Like, oh, man, there's an evil robot, you know, or something crazy. And I was just like, bye, bye. No offense, Protocon. <laughs> All right, I didn't mean it. I apologize. I apologize. <laughs> but so I saw this innocent human <laughs> and I thought I'd clear this place out. Um, but it, you know, that was just like four minutes of play, but it was super fun. And then later on, I sat down to write like a police scenario in a short story, super informed by what I had just played around with, you know, (laughs) because I would focus on different details. Uh, and the second story I wanted to tell was, this is not just something we can tell you as a writer or an artist. People appreciate this across the board. Uh, I did an interview with Build-A-Bear Workshop. I was uh, up for a position to get hired on at their um, corporate headquarters. So, yes, I got to tour the world bear quarters of Build-A-Bear. Very nice. <laughs> but, but what I thought was interesting is when he went into the building, yeah, there were a lot of bears there, but they were decoration. You know, Everything else was like any other office that you would have. Mm-hmm. But I walked into the CIO's office, the chief information officer, very office-driven, you know, he has computer, he has nice artwork, you know, very sterile, except on one corner of his desk, he had a Lego playset. And I didn't even have to ask. I knew exactly what that was for. That was for when he read a complicated email or he got off a frustrating phone call and he needed to solve a problem, he would engage in play. We have a uh, Lego uh, conference room. All right. Like one the, of the, explain the the one of the walls in the room is just uh, the flat Lego like base panels, and then we just have boxes of Legos that you can build onto them, and then the pictures on the side are all like Lego based. Absolutely, because they want you to engage in play, and they know that it's valuable. And we got one of those really expensive Lego Star Destroyer sets that people just started building in the uh during meetings awesome so that is finally built and it's probably about as big as this podcast table what i picture is you see a lot of shows where they're like we identified the part of your brain that really likes milk chocolate we can (laughs) prove it by showing you this 3d model of the brain we put a piece of chocolate under someone's nose and in their mouth and look at this flash, 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 you know, a, a, like a strobe light in this small portion of the brain. They're like, that's how we identified it. Oh, aren't we so smart? It looks like a brainstorm. It's, uh, a very tiny brainstorm. <laughs> More like a brain fart. <laughs> but what I picture that is like you sit down at your desk to try to come up with an idea, you know, and you see this three-dimensional model all dark and uh, foggy of the brain 
and you put your pen to paper or you put your pen to Bristol board or whatever and you start doing your thing and you see that one area just kind of firing, you know, and then it starts to get dim and starts to get dim. Then you reach over to a set of Legos or you pick up a toy gun or you go out running or you just do jumping jacks or you freaking roll around doing somersaults, some kind of play. And suddenly you see that small area, not flickering as bright, but you see multiple areas all over the brain start to flash, 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 you know. And they're all going to still feed that purpose, but you're engaging different powers of your brain to be able to actually think. Sam, do you agree with that? I mean, you get into anatomy and the way the body's affected by play a lot, don't you? Right, and it's not just what the brain does. It's a hormonal response. You create dopamine, you create endorphins just by getting out and being active. Like you said, do jumping jack, just playing around. It's not just what it's doing neurologically, but hormonally as well. You address adrenaline, and all those things will affect certain parts of your brain again that are going to lead to creativity or inspiration and that's going to lead to you coming up with better brainstorming or better ideas so that's you know our advice for you writer or artist if you feel in a slump get out and do something that feels totally unrelated you will find your brain thinking about your work while you're doing something else and new fresh ideas are going to get generated So we'll take a quick break for our sponsor, Audible.com. And we're not taking a quick break because we want to give them short shrift. I highly believe in Audible.com. This is an awesome way to both do entertainment and learning because you can take those times out of your life when uh, you're doing tasks like driving, you know, uh, shoveling snow, pushing the lawnmower, doing dishes, folding laundry, those mundane moments of your life, and you can fill them with excitement and education. What we want to recommend to you today is some education, since we're on the topic of brainstorming, brain sandbagging, all that stuff. This book is called Accidental Genius, Using Writing to Generate Your Best Ideas, Insight, and Content. Uh, This is by Mark Levy, and I'm just going to read you a quick description. When it comes to creating ideas, we hold ourselves back. That's because inside each of us is an internal editor whose job is to forever polish our thoughts so we sound smart and in control and so that we fit into society. But what happens when we encounter problems for which such conventional thinking fails us? How can we get unstuck? For Mark Levy, the answer is free writing, a technique he's used for years to solve all types of business problems and generate ideas for books, articles, and blog posts. Guys, you got to check out this book. It dovetails nicely with the topic that we're talking about on this podcast. And if you go to show me com- or excuse me, uh, audibletrial.com/showmecomics, you can get it for free. For free. Free. That is zero risk because if you don't like it, you can just be go, "Oh my gosh, I wasted zero dollars." <laughs> totally safe. Pick it up. Accidental genius, Mark Levy, audibletrial.com slash comics. Ba-bam. My last thought from Professor Jordan. <laughs> the brainstorming is great, where you just kind of let loose and you create a lot of noise and generate tons of ideas. But I came up with something that I call brain sandbagging. And what I mean by this is, 
And I think this is something that needs to be highlighted in our culture more and more. I look over at Sam. Sam, right now, I am talking into the microphone, and Sam is on his smartphone <laughs> scrolling through different things. I am so glad you were doing that because it highlights my point. Brain sandbagging, where you put a ring of sandbags around your thoughts to eliminate external influence. While I think people don't know brainstorming enough, I think they also don't think about just thinking enough, just being quiet, being still. Tim, you and I talked about this last week, actually. Uh, I listened to this program by a gentleman named Dan Carlin. Right. And where I kind of thought of this idea is he was regretting the loss of America's and the world's philosopher class. You think about back in history and Sam is still on his <laughs> damn smartphone. <Nah>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually not sandbagging. I'm going through Twitter to see if anyone sent us questions. That's what I'm saying. Though. I have a, uh, a work-related thing going on right now with a client. But we're so... And, and our audience and people that want to be creative can get in that same trap. You know, it's like... Uh, so if you don't have a philosopher class, basically what that means is you don't have people that are just sitting around just thinking. Right. Uh, because they're too engaged 24-7. And this really spoke to me. It was like, I remember one of the most creative periods in my life is when I lived alone in my own apartment by myself. And I was poor, so I didn't have cable. I didn't have like any external feed, so to speak, coming into my apartment. It was just an apartment and a dude. And cockroaches, if you want to think it back to like Joe's apartment type of thing. Super fertile when it came to creativity. And when I thought about Dan Carlin's comments about loss of a philosopher class, I'm like, why was it so fertile back then? Oh, yeah, because I had this like ring of sandbags to the outside world and I could actually sit and think. And what Dan Carlin said was like, the other day I scheduled myself 15 minutes to just sit down and think in a quiet room. When's the last time I did that? I can't remember. When's the last time you did that? And I thought, when the heck was the last time I did that? I've always got my phone in my pocket. I can look and I can read. I can listen to music. I can listen to podcasts. That's not something to say you should stop listening to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but you guys know what I mean? Yeah. You're always jacked in. So what I did was on the drive home, normally I either play a podcast or I play music. And I'm like, let's play nothing on my 40-minute drive home. Within five minutes, my brain just exploded with tons of ideas because everything was quiet. And it could just... It's like on your computer when you're running multiple programs at one time and they all kind of slow down. Mm -hmm. And then when you close three of the four programs, that one program suddenly can process like mad am i just blowing smoke here or no i agree with you totally sam no you're definitely correct i think it goes back to something we talk about you know with with the process of making the comic book is how much that each of us has going on in our everyday lives and we're like man if we just didn't have you know that extra job or this or the family or this you know we will get this done so much quicker it's just distractions. They're distractions. They keep you yeah. from getting to the you know actual point. But when I talk about uh, formulating ideas, like how many people out there, let's say you're a writer, and they said, I want to come up with some ideas, so I'm going to schedule myself a block of writing time. What I'm saying is maybe that's not what you need to do. 
Maybe you need to schedule yourself a block of sitting out in a garden time, not doing anything. I mean, who 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 here cannot spare 15 minutes as an exercise and just go try this? Or, hey, I'm going to go to the library because I know it's quiet there. I'm going to go in the corner where there's a chair. And I'm just going to sit. I'm not going to pick up a book. I'm just going to think. You're talking about a problem that a lot of people have. And I was actually talking with one of my clients about this the other day and that I like to be by myself. I love Me being too. by myself. And not enough people know how to be by themselves. Oh, by <laughs> Exactly. Like what? Man, there are so many days where I'm just like, <laughs> well, man, Hold I, on. Uh, that was funny. I, I heard a thing. I think it was a comedian, actually, that said, when you're a little kid, it's like, hey, Dad, I did this all by myself. <laughs> and then when you're an adult, it turns to all by <laughs> Yeah. Like, I love being by myself. Like, if I, I, after, you know, if I have like a 15-hour day at work where it's like, I've got, to give you an example, I'm a personal trainer in my real job, okay? On Tuesdays and Thursdays, it's not uncommon for me to train anywhere between 23 to 25 people in one day. That means that within about a 10 to 12 hour block, I see 23 to 25 people. Sometimes it's two in one hour. Sometimes it's 10 in one hour. Sometimes it's one in one hour, but it's nonstop for 12 hours. There is one to three to 10 people in front of me at all times with no break. And I'm constantly having to engage with them, talk to them, work them out, talk about nutrition, inspire them, motivate them, educate them, coach them. So by the end of the day, when I get home, I don't want to see one person i don't want to see anybody mm -hmm. and do you know how hard that that is on the mother of my child when i get home and <laughs> yeah. she's going i've gone all day without seeing you now let's talk i got all these things i want to say and in my head i'm going please i just want <laughs> one minute by myself five ten if i can but i'd even take one minute right now with nobody in the room just to sit down get my way come out and draw because that's my escape from everything not only is it my time to work on the book but you know what? That's probably when I'm going to do my best work because finally it's like I want to shut the outside world off. Yeah, I want I that gotcha. sandbag to come around me because it's like my brain is fried from the outside world. And it's like as somebody who's very much an introvert, I'm a very outspoken introvert, to spend that long in front of so many people going and going and going and going, it's like I crave being by myself in my own world. I don't want all that outside stimuli just let me sit down with my drawing pad and do my stuff. So, but, but it's amazing how many people, even though they think they're introverts, they might say they're introverts, but they really don't know how to be by themselves. Well, what's crazy these days is even if like, say back to what I was saying, fertile ground, when I came in my apartment and I was by myself and there was nothing to do, but be by myself. If that was today, I wouldn't be by myself. Do you know why? Because I would have come home with a little box in my right. phone that goes, bling, 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 and gives me constant bombardment socially from the outside world. Or there would have been something else. I could, you know, turn on the, the boob tube, you know, and have it go, rubber, 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 today in Sochi. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I would just be like, oh, what did happen in Sochi? Not realizing if I had turned it off, I'd be like, I don't care. They still haven't fixed the fifth ring? Yeah, I'd be like... 
you know, I can read the results when it's all done. Right now I could write or draw. But instead it's just... And then I finally turn it off at 10.30 at night and think, how come I don't have any ideas? Why right. am I not... Ha- well, maybe if I had spent the 30 minutes on being quiet and just thinking that I spent on Sochi and then still have my regular writing time, maybe I'd have been flush with ideas. You right. Know? Well, see, I've learned the technique. I'll use the television and all the other Well, you're devices. an artist, so shut up. I, it's totally to, different. Know, I've, used, I've learned to use those as in a way so that the people around me will think that I'm engaged in a show so right. they won't bother me when really I'm not paying attention at all. I'm inside my head. Yeah, I'm using good. that as the excuse for them not to bother me. So and I you think, literally are sandbagging. You're just making yes, the TV yes. to do it. I've, uh, I, even whenever I'm drawing, though, sometimes it's amazing. Theory how much, justified. I actually just <laughs> throw sandbags at people. <laughs> But even whenever I'm drawing where I've learned that that's also a time whenever it's amazing how much I can be paying attention and drawing and working on whatever it is that's in front of me. But at the same time, I'm a million miles away in thoughts of something else because it's my time to be alone. And even though I'm, I'm wrapped up in what I'm working on at that time, my brain's actually sometimes not even focused on what I'm on what I'm drawing. So if you're an artist, download this podcast. Whenever someone comes in the room, turn it on. (laughs) That's our advice for you. All right, no, seriously, just try it. If you're a skeptic, just try it. Give yourself some quiet time. Give yourself some time to be that philosopher class and just think. I think we've made a lot of good points on the subject of, you know, being creative and uh, brainstorming. Here's how I want to kind of end it is with an example. And this comes from an actual Twitter question. Are you guys ready? I am. Sam is on his damn smartphone. <laughs> I have to answer this. He's sandbagging this. Good for podcast. Grief. I'm about to hit him with the sandbag. I have over to there. answer it. I have clients texting me nonstop. <laughs> we'll wait, I guess. And so will the audience. Man, that's the sound of a flood just cutting through where sandbags should be. <laughs> <laughs> this is like Katrina that's, all that's, over that's again. Pay the bills bag. <laughs> all right. Now that the bills are paid, here comes our Twitter question. Legit Twitter question. Are you ready? Yes. Are you bracing yourself? I'm braced. Here we go. At Gibson Twist on Twitter asks, my only question is, what's the best way to hide a dead body? Now, what I thought is we can use this question in a short brainstorming session. And what we're going to demonstrate for you, audience, is there will be no praise and there will be no negative criticism on everything that we throw out here. Ready? Are you guys ready? Ready. Yes. Here's an example of brainstorming. And go. Burn it. All right, Tim. Liquid nitrogen to freeze the body, shatter the body, sprinkle it over a lake, and let the fishes eat it. I was thinking um, hide it, basement, concrete style, or concrete shoes drop in the middle of a lake. I was going to say I would eat it. All right, eat it. <laughs> Actually, that's actually. See what I almost did there? We're brainstorming, though. Go ahead, Tim. I know. Tim and I could uh, dress it up, put sunglasses on it, and walk around as if it's still alive and have a weekend at its house. Oh, that's a great idea. <laughs> that way no one would think and I'm not supposed to say that. No, no, no. All right, coming on. So I was thinking don't as an idea. <laughs> <Good. laughs> yeah, don't go, body. take the rap. Go out and, and uh, just be like, yep, did it. Deserved it and did it. Tim? Drop it in the mine shaft, fill it with lye. Uh, take it up in an airplane as far as you can go and then just drop it. 
I was thinking coat it in some sort of material and then mount it on a pedestal like it's a piece of art, like a statue, you know? So, like, coat it in some kind of metal, nickel-plate it. Go, keep going, keep going. Um, you could... Uh, give it to the... <laughs> you could give it to that Chinese traveling body show where they remove the skin and show the vital organs, but it's like... You have no idea where these dead people came from, <laughs> but you're like, oh, I'll pay money. Here you go. Sweet deal for a murderer. <laughs> Find a black market taxidermist, have it stuffed, break into your girlfriend's house, and have it spooner in her sleep. Yeah, that was my next one. Oh, same one. So ha- find a black market taxidermist, have it stuffed, but also dressed with animal parts to look like Sasquatch. <laughs> Cash in on the Sasquatch craze and hide, your, and hide your dead body. You could always do some... I'm not going to say that. It's too gross. (laughs) That was your eternal editor, Jordan. You're not supposed to do that. I know, but it's a family-friendly podcast, which is why I did. (laughs) Ew! Eggs erroneous. Eggs erroneous. There's one. You can, you know, make sure you feed it to a camp full of people, including Ernest. (laughs) Come on, you guys are disappointing, disappointing. Maybe you should have done more sandbagging when you had your smartphone out. I'm done. That's the that's all the things I've ever done with a dead body. I mean, <laughs> have thought about doing with a dead body. I'm thinking the hardest part is getting rid of the bones. Like the flesh part is easy, but the bones are the real evidence. So you just got to make knickknacks out of the bones and hide it all around your house. <laughs> <laughs> nice lamb. Kind of looks like a femur. Let's go into the other room. <laughs> Anything else? Uh, you just, you skin it and clean it and tell people it's your anatomy chart. Like a 3D? All right, I've got the final one. All right, good. Are you ready? You cast it as Batman in the fourth movie and make it say, Alfred is dying <laughs> to Chris O'Donnell. <laughs> How do you make a dead person smile when they're saying that? I don't know, and then they still get cast in Gravity. So that was us, you know, just doing a quick impromptu brainstorm. You Did you hear the times where we said, and we tried to say that's a great idea or that's stupid or something like that? Don't do that. And see how many ideas were generated. Now we can go back to that list with hindsight and think, you know what? A little piece of that and a little piece of this other idea, combine, the, combine those, and that's way better than either of the single ideas. And that's... The power of brainstorming, brother. And now we'll close out with our new segment of the show, which is where we give you, the listener, an activity to either write or draw. Call forced rep. Sam, you're a personal trainer. What's a forced rep? That is whenever you make somebody do an extra rep, even though they don't have anything left in them, and you just make them push as hard as they can. And if you have to, you can lift it up a little bit for them. But... They gotta push with everything they've got, even though they feel like they have nothing left. Let's say you train your biceps. Blood is rushing into your muscles, and that's what we call the pump. Your muscles get a really tight feeling, like your skin is going to explode any minute. You know, it's really tight. It's like somebody blowing air into into your muscle. It just blows up, and it feels different. It feels fantastic. So I decided to call this force reps because we're gonna give you a, the idea, which is that little bit that we lift up for you. But we're going to make you execute it, which is you pushing through on that weight. So we want to give a writing idea 
and an art idea that's pertinent to our topic that we talked about today, which is this is basically like a little small homework assignment for our audience. So my idea, we want to practice brainstorming. So what I want you to do is I want you to take the character, the mental image you get when you come up with Green Lantern. So picture Green Lantern, and I want you to come up with 40 different names that character could be called. When you do that, there's no good answers, there's no bad answers, because you're brainstorming. Just make a list of 40 names. When you're done, if you think that you came up with one real good one that the Green Lantern could have an alias, tweet us at showmecomics.com. Let us know what that name is. Go ahead, Sammy Well. All right, brainstorm this one and then send it to us. With a three-panel sequence, I want you to show me the birth of a snake into a rich, successful being, starting from it can be the egg, it hatches, and then in the final panel, there's the guy, how he fully is at, at maturation. It is up to you, but I want three panels that shows that snake from birth to his final successful stage. So I guess in the process of creating those three panels, come up with as many thumbnails as you right, can because three panels to show that much time can be a lot of different scenarios so yeah. it's going to take a lot of different ideas and a lot of brainstorming to get there don't go with your first three ideas because it will probably not be the best and on behalf of sam jordan and myself this is show me comics wishing you the best in your creative endeavors and if you enjoyed the podcast subscribe to us on itunes subscribe did I say subscribe twice? Yeah, you did. Now you said it three times. Three times. But, uh, go Five ahead. Five star rating and give us a review. Give us a rating even if it's one star. The more ratings we have, the more people find the show. Uh, and I'm Jordan Taylor, so thanks for listening. Visit showmecomics.com. That's comics with a CS because we know how to spell. And listen to our <laughs> listen to our podcast, but also read all the blogs that I wrote where I did zero brainstorming to come up with them. Uh, you will be able to tell. But also read the... Hafu graphic novel for nine ninety nine, which you can purchase now. I wrote that, and I did lots of brainstorming. Right. Make sure you pick up your copy, because we just got a great review from NerdLocker. So check them out, nerdlocker.com. We are going to be on their podcast next week, so be checking that out. And if you're on Facebook, make sure you like us, facebook.com slash Hafu graphic novel. And if you're on Twitter, make sure you follow us, send us your question, comments, concerns, or just for a shout out on the podcast, and we are at Show Me Comics on Twitter. Crack, 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 crack out!